I want you to go through the whole Quran with me. Join me at bayina.tv. Once again, everyone, Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The intention today is to talk a little bit about ayah number 60, uh, but there are some things that I feel I overlooked in uh, the, uh, my discussion on the concluding passage on the discourse on Isa alayhi salam, which is in fact ayah numbers 58 all the way to 60. Uh, so I'm going to highlight at least first, I'll start off with uh, a translation of ayah number 60 itself, a rough translation. And that is Simple enough. The truth is from your master, then don't become from those who fall into doubt. That's an oversimplified translation of the ayah. The truth is from your master, then don't become from those who fall into doubt. What I wanted to highlight is in these three ayat, there's actually sort of a mirror composition. The first of these ayat, ayah number 58, Allah says, That is what we're reading on to you from the revelations, from the ayat, and the wise mentioned. Meaning it's, a, it's the idea that the, whatever story has now come to you is part of revelation from Allah Azzawajal. Allah is the one telling it. And of course, skip one ayah and Allah reinforces that idea by saying, Al-Haqq the truth is from your master. In other words, an equation has been created between the, the ayat and the, the wise mention, and al-haqq, that, that, that in fact the revelation is in fact the truth from your master. The other interesting thing here is that the, the 58th ayah is about the word of Allah, meaning revelation. The 60th ayah is about the word of Allah, which is revelation. The truth comes from your master, is about revelation. And in the middle you have, ثُمَّ قَالَ لَهُ كُنْ فَيَكُونَ Another word of Allah, كُنْ فَيَكُونَ It's actually couched between the two. So we're learning from this, it's sort of an interesting hint from Allah that there are two kinds of words of Allah. The word of Allah that is revelation and the word of Allah that becomes His creation. The word of Allah that is revelation and the word that becomes His creation. The word of Allah that's revelation is Qur'an, it's Torah before it, it's Injil before it. Those are the words of Allah. And the creation is every time Allah says, Kun, something comes into being. When something comes into existence. That's also a manifestation of the word of Allah. So we share something with revelation in that the origin of both of them is a word from Allah. Interestingly enough also, what Allah says is, everything Allah made has ayat in it. Everything Allah made has ayat. Most of the time in Quran, Allah doesn't say that the tree is an ayah or the mountain is an ayah. He says there's an ayah in it. There's an ayah in it. That's an interesting way to phrase that, isn't it? Because... If you say there's a treasure in the mountain, you have to dig inside the mountain and find the treasure. But also, even though in the creation, inside the creation there are ayat, revelation itself is not, there are ayat in the book, the, the book itself is ayat. The book itself is revelations. There's also a very subtle way of describing something. That if we ponder the revelation, we ponder the creation of Allah, as we ponder it, we will find in it ayat of revelation. So we'll find a correspondence with what we, when we discover something in what Allah has put in the world around us, as we contemplate it, we'll actually find a confirmation of what Allah has revealed to us in His revelation. So, so those ayat, the ayat inside of creation, will lead us to these ayat, the ayat of revelation. And it's the, it's the reverse also, the ayat of revelation keep pushing us to contemplate the ayat of creation. It's the ayat of revelation that tell us It's the ayat of revelation that make me want to look at a camel or look at a tree or look at a bird or look at the mountain or look at the sky. So there's this you know, constant circulation between you know, the ayat of revelation and the ayat of creation. That is the, the, the life of a believer. 
Our, our life is constantly circling between these two sets of ayat. What that means is we, we are never a, tr- a believer who internalizes the Qur'an, a man or a woman, is never ever free from remembering Allah. Either they are lost in these ayat, or they are lost in the ayat that are to be found around them. Right? And they're, they're, so they're, there's never any opportunity for not being reminded. And so that's kind of a, a subtle uh, p- part of the organization of these concluding ayat. What I also wanted to mention here that's really uh, unique is that Allah Azawajal says, describes the Qur'an here as al-dhikrul hakim ذَلِكَ نَتْلُوهُ مِنَ الْآيَاتِ وَالذِّكْرِ الْحَكِيمِ There's no other place in the Qur'an that Allah describes the Qur'an itself as al-dhikrul hakim There's lots of places in the Qur'an that Allah describes the Qur'an as hakim, wise Lots of places where He describes it, describes it as dhikr, a remembrance, a reminder, a mention But He never combined those two words together except here so it's a unique, this is what I said I, in, in the beginning, I overlooked something that is in fact unique to this place in the Qur'an, that Allah is giving it a name, a description, the Qur'an itself, revelation itself. He's being given a description that's otherwise not given anywhere else. And I, I, it caught my attention, I was discussing it with Sheikh Suhaib earlier, that it might ca- caught my attention because you don't n- normally associate those two words with each other. You see, dhikr is a spiritual thing. Dhikr is remembering Allah, mentioning Allah, rehearsing His name. Uh, doing istighfar, doing tasbih, etc, etc. Hikmah, wisdom, is, what comes to our mind is not dhikr, what comes to our mind is ilm leads to hikmah. Knowledge, learning, contemplating, thinking, analyzing, that leads to wisdom. So you've, you've got something that's sort of spiritual in the word dhikr, and you've got something sort of intellectual when it comes to hikmah, wisdom, and they've been sort of fused with each other in the phrase al-dhikr al-hakim. And Hakim is becoming an adjective of dhikr, meaning that remembrance itself has wisdom in it. Now the thing is, when we think of remembrance, let's take a step back, so I, I really want you to appreciate what's being, what's being said here. When somebody sits there and says, SubhanAllah, 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 Astaghfirullah, 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 Astaghfirullah. Those adhkar, the, 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 the dhikr that we do, or you've memorized the dua for waking up, or the dua for going to sleep, or the dua for entering into a masjid, or the dua you make before you walk into the, the, the bathroom or something. These adhkar that we do, Oftentimes we do these azkar on our tongues, on our tongues, and sometimes we're sometimes even associating them with maybe a remembrance of Allah in our hearts. But we don't normally associate them with wisdom. We don't associate them with deep contemplation or thinking or you know profound truth or common sense. What Allah is telling us, especially about this passage that has to do with Maryam salamun alayha and then Isa alayhi salam is that in this there is a remembrance that's full of wisdom. Remembering this is full of wisdom. The first implication, let's talk about it because the immediate audience is Christian. Allah did not tell us everything about what happened in the story of Mary and Jesus. He didn't tell us everything. This is one of the most mysterious historical events in, the, in, in, the, in world history. And He kept some things ambiguous. إِنِّي مُتَوَفِّيكَ وَرَافِعُكَ إِلَيَّ وَمُطَهِّرُكَ مِنَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Okay, I'm, I'm, ra- I'm raising you. I'm taking you away. How is he taking him away? Raising you where? Purifying you from those who disbelieved? Who are these disbelievers? Are these the Israelites? Are these the Romans? Who are you being purified from? وَجَعِلُوا الَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوكَ فَوْقَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَيَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ I'm placing those who followed you above those who uh, who've disbelieved. Who have followed you, who have disbelieved, the, the Christians claim they follow him. You know, they're those true followers. 
And who are these disbelievers on, on whom they've been placed? There are lots of mysteries Allah deliberately left mysterious. He left them mysterious. And now He's telling us, by the way, This is what we've read on to you, minal ayat, from within the revelations, from within the ayat, and from within the wise remembrance. Meaning, people are going to remember Jesus. People are going to mention His name. There are people who love, himself, love Him and devote themselves to Him, even worship Him. Allah is saying, but what is, there, there is a way to remember Him that will not be wise. There will be a dhikr of Him that will not have hikmah. But what I'm giving you is the dhikr of Him that will have hikmah. It's going to be a dhikr al-hakim. The way to remember Him that will maintain wisdom. Because you know, there is a way to be spiritual and you lose track of wisdom. Now let's not think about Christians for a moment. Let's think about Muslims. Let's think about... Religions in general. Sometimes people become, want to be more spiritual. People want to become more spiritually alive. They want their heart to be reactivated. So they want to find some spiritual practice that will lead them there. And a lot of times people will find creative spiritual practices that make them feel really good. And the, the things that feel better and better are parting, getting more and more further away from wisdom. So then you end up in practices of dhikr that don't have Hikmah. And the worst case scenario of that was actually the unfortunate devotion of the Christian people who so sincerely devoted themselves to the worship of, of God through the Bible, ended up worshiping Isa and parted ways from the revelation that self that contained wisdom that would never allow Jesus to be worshipped. He himself to be worshipped. So dhikr remained but hikmah went away. And Allah is now putting those two things together. Actually, this was supposed to always have been ad-dhikrul hakim. Notice also a contrast. Notice that they believe that He came to cleanse humanity of its sins. His blood cleansed humanity of its sins. And Allah says, no, He needed cleansing. Allah says, I'll cleanse you from the disbelievers. <laughs> they believe that He is a way that humanity will be ascended into heaven. Allah says, no, you're the one who needs to be ascended. You're the one who needs saving. I'm going to rescue you. They believe, you know how they call Jesus the Savior? The Savior. And the passage is telling you what? Who needed the saving? Allah saves Isa It's the other way. The saved, not the Savior. The one that was saved. And the Savior is actually Allah. This is al-dhikrul hakim. But by extension, what we're learning from it is maybe the people won't go into the extreme of where the Christian people went. Those who ended up worshipping Isa But maybe there will be other forms of dhikr that people will adopt that are not going to have hikmah in it. Allah says when you stick to His revelation, that you will find spiritual strength, but you will never part ways from common sense. Hikmah also, hikmatun baligatun fama tughnin nudur, ud'u ila sabili rabbika bil hikmati. In the Quran, the word hikmah is not just used for wisdom, it's also used for common sense. This is the way to remember Isa salam that sticks to common sense. Another implication of this ayah, ذَلِكَ نَتْلُهُ عَلَيْكَ مِنَ الْآيَاتِ وَذِكْرِ الْحَكِيمِ is you know in the beginning of the surah Allah said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٍ Nothing's hidden from Allah. Nothing's a mystery to Allah. فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي السَّمَاءِ Nor in the earth, nor in the sky. I love that phrase. In the beginning of Surah Al-Imran, Allah says, nothing's a mystery in the earth, nor in the sky. And you study the story of Jesus a few ayat later, and what do you find? A mystery of what happened on the earth, and what exactly is going on up in the sky. And he says, there's nothing, no, nothing mystery to me, nor in the earth, nor in the sky. And he says, and he's the one who made you in your wombs the way he wants. He fashioned you in your wombs the way he wants. Meaning, 
And of course, this is a story of a womb, isn't it? And how he was fashioned the way he wanted, Allah wanted. But he even made you how he wanted. You didn't know. I didn't make you witness how you were made. You're so worried about the mysterious birth of Jesus. Do you know about your own mysterious birth? <laughs> this is what Allah says. I didn't make you witness how you were born. So why don't you wonder about that? The point though that I wanted to, you to lead to with this is that Allah decided that He is going to only mention parts of the story that you will need to remember for the purpose of wisdom. Meaning there is wisdom in telling some things and there is wisdom in not telling some things. Actually means this is the only part of the story of Jesus you must focus on because everything else will take you away from the actual wisdom of the story. The wisdom of the story was that resurrection is real, that we will stand in front of Allah. My, Allah is my master and yours Worship him alone This is a straight path That's the essence of the story That's the wisdom of the story We forget that wisdom And we get caught in historical debates The same passage will say In things that you disagree about I will decide eventually But the, the parts that you need That are actually wise for you to focus on Are the ones that I'm mentioning in Quran Look the biblical account is going to be way more detailed than the Qur'an's brief passage. But Allah says, this one passage has what those, that will not. This has hikmah in it. Remember this and it will have hikmah in it, subhanAllah. So this is the, the kind, kind of the, the, the connection of dhikr and hikmah that needed to be highlighted that I didn't highlight before. Now I come to الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكَ فَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْمُمْتَرِينَ The truth comes from your master. Now the word haqq, which is commonly translated as truth, has several meanings in Arabic. Also in the Qur'an, it can mean purpose. He created the skies and the earth with purpose. Haq means purpose. Haq also means right. Haqqun ma'loom lissa'ili wal mahroom. A known right. Like haqqun alayya. To be deserving of something comes from the same origin. Haq also means reality. Alaysa hadha bil haq. People on judgment day will be about to be punished. And Allah will say, and they used to mock what judgment day. And when judgment day comes, Allah turns to them and says, Alaysa hadha bil haq. Is this real or what? Is this still fake? And they say, bala wa rabbina. Of course it is. It's, it's real. So haq is purpose, deserving, to be deserving. And haq is also reality. It's real. It's those three things. Allah says, al haqqu min rabbik. Reality comes the real the real story the truth of it and purpose comes from your master meaning this story isn't just truly what happened but i'm telling you what you need to know for a particular purpose there's a purpose in telling the story this way and purpose will come from your master you see rasulullah is going to recite these ayat to christians do you think christians will just listen to this and not counter argue they're going to have a thousand other questions and when you have these questions coming and criticisms coming, every question, the answer goes in this direction, this direction, this direction, this direction. And guess what happens when you go in different directions? You lose your purpose. And Allah tells His Messenger what? Al-Haqqu Rabbik. Purpose. Purpose comes from your Master. Reality, truth comes from your Master. Don't get distracted now. Don't get caught up. This is why similarly in Surah Al-Kahf, فَلَا تُمَارِي فِيهِمْ إِلَّا مِرَاءً ظَاهِرًا Don't engage in debate with them. Except in what is absolutely clear and obvious. You don't have anything inferior. When they come to you and say, what about this that hasn't been addressed? What about that that hasn't been addressed? You just have to say, you don't have to impress anyone. 
because you have something they will never have. Al-Haqqu mir Rabbik. The truth, the, 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 what needs to be told, and the ultimate reality is in possession of your Rabbik, comes from your Rabb. Al-Haqqu mir Rabbik. Once you have that, فَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْمُمْتَرِينَ Then don't become from those, this is commonly translated, then don't become from those who fall into doubt. I wanted to say some things about this phrase. فَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْمُمْتَرِينَ It occurs several times in the Qur'an. الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكَ فَلَا تَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْمُمْتَرِينَ That came in Surah Al-Baqarah. It came in the context of the, the Kaaba being the original house of Allah built by Ibrahim salam, And the Jews were skeptical about that. Allah said, الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكَ فَلَا تَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْمُمْتَرِينَ then you find it in this surah that we're looking at now. We're looking at Ali, uh, Surah Al-An'am. أَفَغَيْرَ اللَّهِ أَبْتَغِي حَكَمًا Should I find someone, other, uh, someone else to do verdicts other than Allah? وَهُوَ الَّذِي أَنزَلَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْكِتَابَ مُفَصَّلًا And he's the one who sent the book down onto you, separated, opened up, meaning little by little. وَالَّذِينَ آتَيْنَاهُمُ الْكِتَابَ يَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّهُ مُنَزَّلٌ مِّن رَبِّكَ And those who we gave the book to before, the Jews and the Christians, the knowledgeable among them, they know that it's sent down from your master, بِالْحَقْ With purpose, with truth, with the real story, فَلَا تَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْمُمْتَرِينَ Don't become from those who fall into doubt. Over and over again, engaging with the people of the book, Allah says, don't fall into doubt, don't fall into doubt, don't fall into doubt. And says, the truth comes from your Rabb, the truth comes from your Rabb. Why did he keep saying this all over and over again? Because they will quote Bible, they will quote Torah, they will give you verses, they will give you passages, read this, read this, read this, and Allah is saying, wait. What they have has some elements of truth in it. It may have some haqq in it, but it doesn't have al-haqq. You cannot judge your book by what they say. But... You, your book can judge what their book says. Your book is the muhaymin over theirs. So study their book, fine, let them quote, but their book will not determine whether this is true or not. Because al-haqqu min rabbik. Al-haqquna al-Qur'an, actually. The Qur'an is from your Rabb. The ultimate truth has come to you. Yes, they have scholars, they have people of long tradition, they have huge volumes of scholarship, and here you have a messenger who can't, who before this couldn't even read. Fine, he couldn't even read. How is he going to compare with all these scholars of tradition, of, of years and centuries and centuries of scholarship? Allah says, all you need is one thing on your side. Rabbik. I tell you, this is one of the most powerful ayat of what, what I consider intellectual confidence. You know, a student walking into a professor's classroom. And this happened to me, actually. as a true story. I, when, I, when I was first learning some things about deen, Islam, I was really excited. I didn't know what Orientalist studies was. I didn't know Western academics on Islam. I didn't know this animal existed. And there was a course, Introduction to Islam, in my college. I was like, hey, I get credit and I learn Islam? Sign me up. So I signed up for this Introduction to Islam. And the professor's an Iranian fellow, Zoroastrian originally, but an agnost, doesn't believe in any religion. And PhD in Islamic studies, knows Arabic really well, knows, per, knows Persian, knows, uh, knows Hebrew. And the entire course is about how Islam is a myth. The whole course, 40-hour course, about how Islam is a myth, how the Qur'an is fake, how the Prophet never existed. His theory was the Prophet never existed, actually. He's an Arab legend. Okay? And some Christians were going through the desert and they you know, uh, thought that a good way to convert these Arabs would be to say, Abraham built this place. And that's how the Kaaba happened. And this guy's a PhD. And I at the time didn't know Arabic. I don't know Arabic. So, and he's quoting stuff I don't even know. It's just passing over my head. He's a lot smarter than I am. 
He's a lot more knowledgeable than I am. He's more respected than I am. And there's no way I can say something to him that is going to make me feel more academically capable. I'm, I'm, a, I'm At this point, I'm a freshman in college. Okay, so I'm like 19 years old. And here's this academic giant by comparison. But you know one thing in my head? Truth is from your Rabb. You could have whatever PhD you want. This is all a lie. It doesn't make sense to me. And here's why it doesn't make sense. Because there's something pegged inside. This revelation is the truth. When that pegs inside you, then these credentials and these papers and their big words, you're going to see through it and show me the argument itself. Don't cover it up with the facade of your credentials or how much you say you know or what books you've read. Show me what the argument is. Go, go get to the evidence itself. Get to the point. Get to the purpose. And that's what Allah is getting to. Cut through the fat. Al-haqqu min rabbik. People, when they don't have clear thinking, like, but this person, they know so much, but they're saying this. Because they know so much, they're right? Or because they've actually they've got something to say? You see, we, we, we look at not what's being, at what's being said, but actually the, the backbone of who's saying it and the, the package that comes with them. That's what's being cut away by our Messenger in these ayat when Allah tells him, Allah also says, If you're in any doubt about what, we're, what we've sent down to you, ask those who read the book from much before you, Absolutely the truth has come to you from your Rabb. Don't you dare become from those who've fallen into doubt. One of the benefits of this ayah I wanted to read from Imam Alusi, People have mentioned that there are two uh, interesting benefits that come from this phrase. Allah telling His Prophet, don't fall into doubt. Why will Allah tell His own Prophet, don't fall into doubt? What benefit could there be? That when the Prophet would hear from Allah Himself, don't fall into doubt, He's already not in any doubt, but when Allah reinforces him this way, that he gets a second wind, and he's given a boost in confidence, and he becomes more firm than he ever was even before, light on top of light, nurun ala nur. وَثَانِيَتُهُمَا أَنَّ السَّامِعِ تَنَبَّهْ بِهَذَا الْخِطَابِ عَلَىٰ أَمْرٍ عَظِيمٍ فَيَنْزَعِجُ وَيَنْزَجِرُ عَمَّا يُورِثُ الْإِمْتِرَاءِ لِأَنَّهُ مَعَ جَلَالَتِهِ الَّتِي لَا تَصِلُ إِلَيْهَا الْأَمَانِ he says, when everyone else listens to these words, Allah's Prophet is being told, don't you dare fall into doubt. When Allah's Prophet is being told that, then how can any believer after him think that I can mess around and ask, I don't know my own book well enough. I don't know, the, the first part of this ayah is what? Al-Haqqu min Rabbik. If I don't know my Qur'an, and I'm going to go talk to Christians and Jews and other people of other religions and start challenging them and whatever, and think I'm not going to fall into doubt. If Allah tells His own Messenger, the first part is what? The truth comes from your Master. Therefore, don't fall into doubt. Don't become from those who fall into doubt. Then how can anyone after the Messenger of Allah be unaware of their own book and think that they can engage others and not fall into doubt? How do you think you're immune from that? So this is a, this is a very powerful reality that we're being told. Don't be overconfident. I want to do da'wah, man. Okay, great. You want to do da'wah. How much Qur'an do you know? How much Qur'an have you studied? How much of it have you internalized? How much of that haqq min rabbik do you have before you start shaking everybody else up? You know? Al-haqq min rabbika fala takum min al-mumtareen. 
and this is not even the, the, the Jews who had scholarship and all of that. It's the Christians. And people think, you know, now oh, talking to Christians, that's easier, man. They're like, God, three and one, one and three, that's easy. I could handle that one. I got this. Do you got this? Do you got this? Because it's not that simple. And it's not that easy. And they have centuries of theology behind them. And they've got some brilliant philosophers behind them. And some very intelligent people, you know. And you're, it's not like you can just hold your water and, and stand your ground. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Now I want to dig into the word mumtarin and we'll call it a day. The word is, the The first thing I want to say is how Allah shows honor to His Messenger wasallam, Even when, as a, at a first glance, when you read the ayah, it sounds like it's a criticism. Don't become from those who fall into doubt. Right? The thing is, when you say to someone, فَلَا تَكُنْ مُمْتَرِيًا فَلَا تَكُنْ مُمْتَرِيًا It means don't become skeptical. Don't become doubtful. When you say don't become from those that are doubtful, you added a from, and then you added another group. People that are doubtful. Then actually it creates a distance between you being skeptical. You are just leaning towards, you're paying more attention to, you're being associated more with those that are falling into doubt, even if you yourself are not in doubt. This is the Messenger not being told that he's becoming skeptical, but perhaps that if he pays, he shouldn't even pay attention to these people and be counted among those or be associated with them. So it's actually almost alleviating him and absolving him of the assumption that he would himself ever fall into doubt by the phrasing minal mumtarin as opposed to mumtarian. That's the first thing I wanted to highlight. The second thing is the, the word miriya. Quran uses for doubt, Quran uses raib, Quran uses shak, Quran uses maraj, and Quran uses miriya. These are different words for doubt, each one of them having their own flavor. Our job today is to understand something about the word miriya, which is the origin of the word mumtarin. Imtara yamtari imtira'an, fahuwa mumtar. This is from miriya in the Arabic language. Now, the word miriya actually originally means something that is tough on the outside or is a, but it's about it's got fluid inside and it's about to burst the imagery is of something that is about to burst and it's got fluid on the inside so they use the word miria for clouds that other clouds squeeze against and then they burst and it starts raining they also use it for a camel that is not lactating but it's forced to lactate it's squeezed out of it and it starts giving milk Okay, so that's the, when the word midya is also used. So something weak, it couldn't hold its ground. When you squeezed it a little bit or you tampered with it, then it started giving away. And from it came the idea of uh, mumarat, meaning arguing someone, arguing with someone who you see as weak, and you want them to start basically give, exposing their weakness. And you're trying to poke holes in their argument or agitate them to the point where they basically burst. So the idea of someone being falling into doubt because someone's agitating them or attacking them, that's actually called miriya. Okay? Now, really interesting that the idea of doubt, which is an abstract idea, Arabic takes abstract ideas and gives them concrete images, like something that easily bursts. Right? That's the image here. If you compare this to word, the word sidq, sidq, which is truth, Actually, in the original meaning, Siddiq actually means tough, unbreakable surface. Something solid, rigid, unbreakable. The opposite. 
or yaqeen actually means something that is fully solid from the inside. Meaning not just the outside looks solid, the inside is solid. And by co contrast, the word midya is something that is liquid on the inside and ready to burst. If it's agitated, it's ready to burst. Now, from it we get al-mira, al-mujadala, idhiya bi sabab al-shak wa adam al-yaqeen fi ma yaqulu al-akhar. When somebody argues with you, and easily by saying, they say a few things and you start getting messed up inside. Like you thought you were really confident and you heard two things and you're like, I don't know, I've, I've, I'm getting a little, uh, I've got some questions. I'm having some doubt. You know you have these videos online, like if you watch this 10 minute video, you will no longer be Muslim. 50 million hits. And guess who those hits are? Not non-Muslims. Muslims. And guess what most of those Muslims said? Oh yeah? I can watch it, nothing's gonna happen. And then Miriya happens. Hmm. Oh. Oh, that's in the Quran? Oh, that's what that is? That is a good question. I should go ask an Imam. I should go ask somebody else. Let me Google this. Let me find some other websites that poke holes in my religion. And let me collect those questions. You know what? Your foundation was so weak. That some videos, some people saying one or two words, all of a sudden you start bursting. Your doubts come out. You thought you had a foundation, you didn't. Where's the foundation? The foundation is one phrase in the ayah. Al-Haqqu. That foundation isn't there. Then, obviously, one video. You don't have to watch all ten minutes, three minutes. Be done. Inna lillahi wa inna No problem. This is falatakum min al-mumtarin. The Prophet being told... Don't play this game. Don't let, let them play this game with you. Don't let them come to you and say, what about this, what about this, what about this, and what about this? And they call, ask all kinds of weird questions, and you're like, I never thought about that. I've never even... What kind, actually, if you take a step back, you can almost always say, what kind of question is that? What are you even talking about? But the, the people who are very good at imtira, at mira, they can take you around and around in circles. And if you don't know what you're doing, you'll go around and around in circles until you pop. Like the cloud pops and it starts raining and your faith is gone. He just wants you to keep asking poking questions. This is the secret to it. People who do that, they don't have truth. They just want to make sure you believe, you stop believing that you have truth. You see, let me, let me say that to you again. Let me give you a silly example. It'll make it clear. Imagine a car company that's not very good. It's some low-end car company. And they're trying to compete with a high-end car company. They're trying to compete with a BMW or something. Okay? They can't talk about how great their car is. So what are they going to talk about? Now, you know, there was a recall on the BMW this year, and they had this and this and this, and they're just poking at... And then the person who's about to buy a BMW says, fine, I, I guess I should not buy my beaver. That doesn't make your product any better because you don't actually have a product. You understand? But you just wanted to tear that one up. Or you have a terrible restaurant and across the street from you is a much better restaurant and they're getting all the sales. No matter how much you advertise, once people eat your food, they're like, was that food? And you don't blame yourself for bad quality. Who do you blame? The successful restaurant across the street. So all your effort and energy is going to go into what? Fake profiles, fake ratings, there was cockroach in the meal, there was this or that. 
one star, half a star, don't go here, etc. Why? You don't have anything of substance. So all your effort is somehow poking a hole here. You see, our deen is substance. We don't have to spend time criticizing Christianity. We don't have to expose the contradictions in the Bible or we don't have to spend time talking about the mistakes in Hinduism or Buddhism or Taoism. Or we don't have to do any of that. What do we have to do? If you have, the, if you have the right product, all you have to do is what? Talk about your product. People that are at the top of an industry, the best car companies, do they spend time talking about how terrible the bad car companies are? They don't. You know why? Because their product speaks for itself. That's the mentality of al-haqqu min rabbik. The truth is from your Rabb. Focus on the truth. Don't worry about the falsehood. The falsehood will become clear as falsehood as the truth rises. Ja'al haqqu, as a result, was haqq al-baatil. In al-baatila kana zahuqa. Falsehood was meant to fall apart anyway. You don't have to make sure falsehood falls apart. It's by definition meant to fall apart. You see, if you understand that our approach to what we consider da'wah changes completely. It changes completely. So many people focused on, hey, you're a Christian? Let me show you the mistakes in the Bible. Look at this, look at this, look at the contradictions. See? They don't love Islam anymore because you did that. They just hate you. You spend time with my book just to insult it? You don't have anything better to do? When I'm listening to Christian talk radio on several FM stations in Dallas Metroplex, you know what I'm discovering? They don't have much to say from the Bible. That's why they're spending so much time on what? How terrible Islam is. <laughs> okay? Don't fall into this trap. That them, them criticizing you and saying, what about this and what about this and what, what about this criticism and that criticism and that criticism. Those criticisms are actually in and of themselves a testimony that this is the truth. That this is powerful. The fact that they had to do that was because they saw that there are people around them that are leaving camp and joining. Why are you joining that? There's problems with it. No, no, no. Let me show you what's wrong with it. Don't go that way. This is al-haqqu min rabbik falatakum min al-mumtareen. Subhanallah. So they, until you have a basis, until you and I have a basis, we're going to focus on the wrong thing. You know, we're not, you don't have, the, the only reason, I, by the way, part of our team, we study the Bible. We don't study the Bible to find contradictions in it. We don't study the Bible to find its mistakes or dis disagreements or whatever else. You know why we study the Bible? We study the Bible because Allah spoke to people that believed in the Bible. He spoke to them. And he spoke to them in surahs like Surah Ali Imran. He spoke to people who read the Bible, who were, who were devout with it, who studied it a lot. And if we're going to talk to them, it's probably better for someone like me to know what did they know? What did they believe? And how did Allah teach them otherwise? What did Allah say? How did Allah disagree with them? What language did He use? So that they can see how I can help better connect with them. Not to argue or debate with them, but just to let them see, here's where we disagree and here's why we disagree. Now you decide. That's up to you. This is Al-Haqqu Min Rabbik. Let the truth speak for itself. You don't have to win an argument or defeat someone in debate and all of that. You don't have to do any of that stuff. That's not for us to do. May Allah Azawajal give us a clear and, and proper understanding of his book. And may Allah Azawajal never allow us from, to become of those who fall into doubt. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim. Wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum al-ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim. We'll continue tomorrow inshallah with ayah 61.